Excuse me, are you in line to order or did you? Yeah, no, oh I'm. Oh my a... god! Oh, hey! Oh my god! Are you Sonia Blade? It's Sub Zero? Are you kidding me? This is wild! Wow! I... Hey, do, do you hugs? Are we hugs? Are we hugs? Oh, I think we can't. I think I'll hugs. do the elbow thing. I'll do the little elbow thing. <laughs> oh uh, man! Wow! Uh, it, it's been a, it's been a while. What have you been up to? Ah, uh, you know, uh, so uh, the original Sub-Zero, my brother, uh, failed to assassinate Shang Tsung during the first Mortal Kombat tournament, and then he ultimately died at the hands of Scorpion. Uh, so me, Tundra, I took up my brother Sub-Zero's code name, and then I went to Outworld to complete the assignment after Shao Kahn's tournament was announced. Uh, it went with my good friend Smoke. You remember Smoke? Oh my god, yes, yeah, Smoke. He's I doing great. Smoke. <laughs> so he anyway, was, so I discovered yeah, Scorpion's yeah. foul vendetta against my brother. Uh, Scorpion, of course, had risen from the nether realm. He heard about my, my quote-unquote survival. He continued to hold a grudge. So uh, Scorpion kind of got a rude awakening uh, after I spared my defeated opponent that I battled during the tournament. He was confused, didn't understand why I, Sub-Zero, showed mercy, not knowing I'm actually Tundra. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, ultimately, uh, me and Smoke returned home empty-handed. So that led me uh, oh, hold on, to... Hold on, hold on. Yeah, you can yeah. go in front of me. Go go in front of me. I Yeah, we're catching up. We're oh, catching yeah, sorry. Up. We're, we're just... We're talking. We're talking. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm just kind of... I'm kind of rambling here. I don't mean to. No, no, it's no. Just no. That, what were you saying? What were you saying? Um, ultimately, uh, I infiltrated the Fortress of... ultimate... Sul Ultimate Mortal Kombatly. <laughs> Ultimate Mortal Kombatly. Right? <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, uh, I infiltrated the Fortress of Solitude and fought Superman himself. Wow! And I thought I was going to be outclassed by Superman at full power, but you know, I, my abilities allowed me to defeat Superman and freeze him in ice. How about that? That's incredible, Sub Zero. You've been up to so much, and every moment of that tracked. Like I could follow it from moment to moment. Like. A regular story that a regular person would tell. Yeah, you know. What, what, what are you doing lately, though? Like, uh, you know. I, a little on the nose, but I opened up a shaved ice shop. So there you go. It's me and RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> we finish him and punch a dick in 1992's classic World <laughs> <laughs> This week on How Did This Get Played? <laughs> Welcome to Out of This Get Play, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and whatever we want to playest video games of all time. That third W by at Sweet and Low 21. Submit yours at Get Played Pod, hashtag WWW. I am Nick Weiger, along with Heather Ann Campbell. I'm Heather Ann Campbell, along with our producer, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Why did you pause? Hello, everyone, and welcome back, Edge. Bucket. Matt forgot his line. I 
<laughs> so what happened was I half forgot something something happened to me where while we were starting, I like almost like forgot what we were doing. Like it was like it, I don't know what mm. was going on. It, but then I was also Googling the timer and panicking that I didn't have the timer up. Oh. And, and so it was sort of like doing something and then forgetting why I was doing Hi, hello. Hello That's everyone. Not- Oh no! <laughs> I've um. I first off, I didn't know you were running a timer. I got a timer of my own. I've been I've I've been using for all these records. We're both doing timing. We're we're, we're doing our own timers. Hey, if we got time to um lean. We got time. We got time to clean. Oh, perfect. <laughs> my timer is different than yours. Mine's for. Time. Uh, I've never looked at the time. Never. <laughs> mine's for something else. It's for something that we have coming up that I won't tee up. Oh, but okay, got it. I, that's what that one's. I do a separate. Oh, one for yes, that. that's right. We do have. Now I'm forgetting how the show works. Okay, but we do. But we do have something that we have to get to. A, a bit of business here, and uh, and uh, well, for this week, uh, we're gonna throw it to Matt. So which great we, start. So great, good. <laughs> <laughs> good that we're doing hey, this. Hey guys, do yeah. you need a moment? Do you both need to like take a moment? Because this uh, this has been like watching a katamari ball hit a wall over and over again you just did take a breath (laughs) inhale first don't just Mm -hmm. exhale (laughs) don't just just emptied your lungs (laughs) that's not i don't know what's happening to me (laughs) i'll I'll tell you what's happening to me uh matt was matt you were like i don't know what i'm doing uh i think i've just like acutely realized what i'm doing and like I'm kind of having a crisis <laughs> for that reason. Oh God, yeah, a yeah. recognition crisis. Oh boy, what is this? <laughs> Caught a glimpse of yourself in your reflection. Uh, but you know what? Let's get to business, and and we have a bit of business up top as Matt teed up uh, before we descend into gaming hell. When we talk about this week's game, uh, it's, it's first time to spend seventy seconds in gaming heaven. Matt Apodaca, count us off and take it away. All right, so last week on uh, in the 70s Minutes of Gaming Heaven episode, I mentioned that I had started a fresh save on Breath of the Wild because I had tried two times before and never got into it. Uh, well, I got into it, and I think within uh, less than two weeks, got to Ganon and, complete, and, like, and completed the game. Like I, I did nothing but play Breath of the Wild uh, in any spare time that I had. Like Truly spent like hours and hours and hours a day playing that game. And there's still like lots of shrines and lots of side quests things to do, but I can't believe that I had a game for four years and never finished it. And then in, within a span of like, honestly, like 10 days finishing like the story of the game and just absolutely fell in love with it. And then also picked up Link's Awakening again, which also had uh, been in my backlog for some time. And then as of uh, like hours uh, before this, finished that as well. So I finished two Zelda games within two weeks of each other after having them for a very long time. And I honestly feel like I could uh, attack and defeat God at this point. I I feel incredible. (laughs) Time's up. Staggering. Yeah. And well done. I'm really proud of you, Matt Apodaca. I think. Yeah, I'm proud of you too. Thank you I so think much. That's, that's some big. That's some big changes. Yeah, I'm the. I sort of. I used to. I. I. I formerly had a like a large backlog, and now I've. Sort, I finished. I finished the games. I'm finishing games now. So games, unfinished games, in my backlog. You're on fucking notice. 
Whoa. <laughs> Watch your ass. I'm coming for you. Look out. I really do feel a sense of pride in Matt. I'm like, look, at he did, he did it. This is good because I told my mom the same thing and she did not care. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should introduce our guest. He's an actor and comedian you may know from YouTube as Keith Apicary and or dad. Nathan Barnett is here. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi, Heather. Hi, Nick. Hi, Matt. Hello. I, uh, I should say, I Breath of the Wild was the first Zelda game I ever fully played besides messing around with Game Boy Zeldas. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Probably the best game I've ever played in my life. And I'm now wow. currently halfway through Link's Awakening, the Switch remake. And it's I, so wow. fun. I'm touching it. I'm doing Wind Waker for the first official actual play. I'm playing on an Ooh. emulator. Uh, wow. I love it. I love that, too. I love Wind Waker so much. This, the art is amazing. It's I beautiful. I just stare at it. You know, I have a friend who, he's using that Dolphin emulator. I don't know if you guys hate emulators or not, but he, you can, like, do this, like, weird tweaks with the emulator and make it look super HD, and you can actually put your own face on Link with, like, somewhat. <laughs> he, he put his face on a shield, and he put his face on Link, and it's like, he did it relatively simply. So that was interesting that you might want to wow. mess around with Wow. That. Quick fact. Yeah, anyways, I love I love Zelda now, and I was never a Zelda p- p- fan until Breath of the Wild came out. And I'm hoping that happens with Pokemon, the new Pokemon, because I never played Pokemon either. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Nintendo gives you the seal of quality, so I'm pretty sure that if you give Pokemon a chance, you'll enjoy the game. That's, <laughs> that's an- <laughs> I, I'm like, I have an annoying... It's, I don't know if it's like just whatever, peculiar, peculiar, whatever what's the word, uh specificness. I don't like turn-based fighting, and I really mm. don't like mm. stopping. I just want constant Streets of Rage, go, 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 punching, kicking forever. So turn-based drove me crazy. My bro- I'd watch my brother play the old Final Fantasies, and I I liked the story. I just didn't like the gameplay. So Pokemon, I was always like, no, thank you. It was too much thinking and reading and looking right. and talking. <laughs> but I'm older now, and I'm appreciating different gameplay. And I played Undertale, which was my, f- just months ago, I beat it, and I'm like, okay, I Get turnstile. That was a good segue, I think, because there was actually something to do in the turnstile moment, the waiting moments. Yeah, you have the little like bullet hell sort of shoot 'em up uh, yeah, actions yeah. you're doing during that. Yeah, yeah, you're you're, you're right. That, that is a good entry point. Um, hey, it's, is yeah. is is this is this a Matt and Nick style joke? What I'm about to do, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna fish it out here. Okay, okay, I'm gonna fish it out. All right, great. Uh, I I think the only uh, turnstile games. That uh, that these guys like is when they get caught in a turnstile trying to ride the train. Nick Weiger likes trains. I think the issue there is that that was too funny to be one of our jokes. <laughs> uh, so wait, so so Nathan, you mentioned I almost just called you Keith. Um, Nathan, right. you uh, I, I'm in such gamer mode. Uh, Nathan, you you had a. Uh, like 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 okay Zelda uh, Pokemon are blind spots for you but what were the games you really like were into going uh, growing up because I know you're a big gamer yeah yeah uh, it's twenty Atari twenty six hundred was my first game uh, first system Joust was a game I loved I still do like mm. the arcade version um, but Sega was like my real childhood because we never had NES but then I got it later I got like everything when I became a teenager around Genesis days. But Genesis and Neo Geo are what kind of stick out for me. I just like 
Keith, whatever the Keith character likes, and he in like his videos and songs, it's all about like Genesis and Neo Geo. That's because like that's what I really did like. I loved full motion video games. Uh, mm. I loved like uh, Double Switch and um, uh, Night Trap and all that stuff. But Streets of Rage still probably Streets of Rage Two specifically is like my favorite maybe game of all time. Wow. Uh, Rage 4, I was afraid of because I didn't want to play like the f- sort of Flash style comic book graphics. I just wanted 16 bit, but I absolutely love Streets of Rage 4. And I'm very, I got, I let myself let go of my hangups of like just wanting it to be 16 bit. But I just love beat em ups, shoot, uh, shmups, and I like a lot of games. I like puzzles. It's like now I just like mostly, most games, I would say. Right. Fortnite, surprisingly, I absolutely love in Minecraft. I play those most days, to be honest. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, Fortnite's very new for me, and I love it. I want to say two things. One is, hello, f- fellow Sega kid. So, okay, three things. Uh, <laughs> I know you love Sega. I know, love, I know all about what you like, and love I, Sega. I like most things you like. Um, two is Streets of Rage Two has one of the best soundtracks in gaming. Excellent for soundtrack. Sure. I Great got the use final of, of all of those. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, Third, yeah. if I had met you. And when when you were a kid, if we could have like synchronized those ages and you had had a Neo Geo, you would have been a god like it was the Neo Geo for for people who are young and listening to this was a system that was in legend like you did not know anybody who had a Neo Geo. And if you happen to be at a game store that had one, you had never seen an advertisement for it and you couldn't believe, weren't the cartridges gigantic? Like I have Huge, vague- yeah. the same. They're the same as the arcade and they're, the, they're bigger than a VHS tape. Like, they were <laughs> the enormous. The they shared it. Matt yeah. Apodaca, you, I mean, you were born, I think- after 9-11, so your, your, <laughs> your exposure to Neo Geo is limited. But this yeah. was like literally like a system that you would you could. It was it was like seeing an, uh, uh, an Italian car at the mechanic where you got your your mom and dad's Ford. Uh-huh. Like it, it was nuts. Yes. So I can't believe you fucking had one. How did you have a Neo uh, I, Geo when okay. you were young? I didn't I didn't have a Neo Geo. I just liked I played the ones like the arcade cabinets at places. But I never oh, had an okay. AES. I never had a home console, but I I liked that they had like beat em ups and stuff. So I played yeah. them yeah. E- like every once in a while when I would go somewhere, like I was an arcade. Um, but then I did get Neo Geo Pocket when that first came out. Yeah. And I played like all the SNK versus Capcom and all that stuff. And then when I moved to LA, I got my first Neo Geo cabinet off Craigslist when I, in 2009 when I started doing the Keith character because I always wanted to have one. And I got the arcade cabinet cheaper than you could at the time get an AES console because it was still it still is to this day kind of expensive so I did the first Keith videos with that it was like a kind of a busted up Neo Geo cabinet then I eventually got another one on Hollywood Boulevard near where Treo Donuts is no sorry Santa Monica Boulevard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's like mm-hmm. that Treo Donuts there's a laundromat that was right behind that across from like that casting office and I bought the Neo Geo from that laundry <gasps> for the Neo Geo wow. that was in my like my Neo Geo music video. That's like the one that's the video most people who know the character have seen. And now that's at that cabinet is at Fun Spot in New Hampshire now. But that is from that laundromat over there in that intersection. And I still I had two Neo Geo arcade cabinets. And I never had an AES. And then a fan mailed me an AES with two arcade sticks and the converter to play the MVS cabinet. Wow, that's incredible! Send it to me for free because I was just a Keith fan. It was couldn't believe it, so I put it in like every video I could to like thank that person. 
So yeah, wow. I now I now love it more because I can have access to this stuff as I'm an adult. But I never had it when I was young. But I had the pocket, the Neo Geo, and the Neo Geo Pocket. I will say had the best joysticks. It had like that 19 point or whatever, like click, whatever they call, whatever the haptic, whatever the word is for the joyce, the thumbstick. It had mm-hmm. more like points of like uh, articulation or whatever you want to call it. But that it, it felt and sounded so good on the Neo Geo Pocket handheld to move the joystick. Um, yeah. I love Sega and Neo Geo for, for life. That's amazing. Also, when you were describing where you got the cabinet from, I love how hyper-specific you got with uh, local L.A. geography and how all of us were just, like, nodding, like, yeah, I know exactly where that is. I couldn't think of the streets, but I remembered all oh, Highland and Santa Monica. But, like, yeah, that casting office, which I see most people who, you know, in this world see each other over there. I thought you guys might. <laughs> know that that's my that's my ocd and my uh my rambling i just give too many oh, details I, I loved it for me for me it was uh the the trejo's donut so i was like oh yeah i know i know exactly yeah, what yeah. It is. Yeah. Oh. there's a great sushi restaurant right there it's uh sorogashi that's how i know that intersection ah, because there's a fantastic there sushi restaurant right there that intersection is also the main setting for tangerine the movie. yes that's right yes yeah before it was Trejo Donuts, it was just like a generic donut place or whatever. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were mentioning I, just just as we're because we're on the topic of of Neo Geo, and it was just like like Heather, uh, you know, Heather and I are, are are basically the same age, and so we like I had I similarly like coveted a Neo Geo through like playing the cabinets and then like just like looking at ads for it in magazines and and reading about you know reading reviews of Neo Geo games. There was a time when it graphically was so superior to what to, to the other home consoles. Even I mean, even to this day, it looks fucking great. I mean, I just love that aesthetic. Um, mm. these, the the like super detailed sprites. The thing about Neo Geo is that it what it, it it was what our memories imagine. Like if you think about Nintendo games or Super Nintendo games now, you imagine them with all this detail that they didn't have. And Neo Geo was that detail at the time. So, like, you'd still have these sprite-based games, but, like, there'd be these cycles of animation where, like, a character, like, in Metal Slug, like, yes. a character would, like, look at his gun and stuff and yeah, then, like, yeah, like yeah. check the bullets. And, and it, it felt like playing the idealized version of the game that you wish was on the system or, or how your imagination filled in all the gaps. Um, yeah. It was, like, the first time I saw... Samurai Showdown at an arcade and like it wasn't just like Ryu and Ken like bouncing in place, but like a character like kind of like turning their sword a little bit. It felt it felt crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. And more lifelike capturing uh, animation, I guess. Yeah. Human movements better. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was blood in that, too. Wasn't there blood in Samurai Showdown? Yeah. Yeah. There was blood and boobies. Yeah. yeah, Boobies in that one. my oh my goodness! What a what an introduction to the adult people as a child. <laughs> Blood boobies and no W in Showdown. You know S H O D O W N. I had a, a cart for the Neo Geo that had like different hacks of uh, that game, and there's so many different ones. People were just like putting naked people in the background, like cheering, and it's just totally naked people. <laughs> and you don't notice it until you're like, wait, you show a friend and they're like, what's up with that? You go, oh, I never even picked. Because you're playing, I, you scroll through the list and you don't know what one you're going to get. And there's like different versions of these hacks that people just make on these carts you get on eBay. But yeah, there's always some right. lewd, lewd hidden in the background. 
Um, I, 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 one more Neo Geo thing, and then, and then we should, uh, we should get into this game. Uh, but uh, Nathan, we were talking off pod, and I brought up Puzzle, uh, Puzzle Bobble, Puzzle Bobble, a Neo Geo game, and you mentioned that you can't really uh, play or appreciate it because you are colorblind. And I was curious, just generally as a colorblind gamer, like, uh, like how how has that been? What games have have you? Are there games that have uh, that you haven't been able to enjoy as much or enjoy in the same way? And I know a lot of games have new accessibility modes that are kind of built in. Uh, specifically for colorblindness, has has that been something that's that's helped change your experience as a gamer? Yeah, definitely. It's something I actually because I I stream in character uh, mm-hmm. on some of like the channels, and I'm people are always trying to help me because I can't see things on maps or whatever, and they're like describing, and it's it's actually kind of frustrating. And I never really knew there was colorblind mode until people started telling me that, and I'd go into the settings, and I'd see colorblind mode, but I could never play Puzzle Bobble. Uh, I never played Dr. Mario because I just couldn't tell what was going on. Columns was the same thing on for Game Gear and Sega. So I never could do certain things in certain games. But like I didn't really know until people were telling me I was doing things wrong or going the wrong way or whatever because I couldn't see things. But So it wasn't really a problem until like I was told. I was I thought I was playing the games. You know, I'd get through like side-scrollers and all that stuff, right. fine. But recently, a recent experience, well, experience was I was playing Red Dead again, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's really hard to see like the waypoint line for me. And that's when everyone was like, oh, there's colorblind mode on this. And then I'd put it on colorblind mode, and even still, it wasn't good enough mm. for me. Like, that mm. changes the line from, like, red to pink or something. It's supposed to be brighter, but it the color is too close to the dirt for me of the map. Oh, okay. And I can never really tell where the arrow or the line is telling me to go. So mm. I know they do ch- put change. And I have put it on colorblind mode sometimes in other games, and it just doesn't really do much. So it's still kind of a pain. But because everyone's everyone has a different degree of colorblindness and specificness to it, so I don't know if they can really help everybody. So, right. But it is it is a hindrance for sure. Cause like, but it's mostly just like finding things or like knowing what color some random item is. Yeah, I, I do. I until I was aware that this was more of an issue. Um, I, I, like I, because I, I, I've read about this, and obviously, but more, more conscious of, of you know, developers putting the putting colorblindness modes into their games. But like, I didn't even think about what, like, what you were mentioning. Like, oh yeah, the only distinguishing characteristic between certain items in a game may be their color. It's like collect the red key, the blue key, mm-hmm. and the yellow key, and use them on the appropriate doors, and they all look the same if you can't distinguish these colors. So it's, it, it yeah, is like I need that's interesting, and, and it feels like you've seen some. I, I feel like one way that's been mitigated from a design perspective has been like just making things uh, visually distinct, other than just their color. You know, like making like the model different or something. Yeah, I need I need to shape. If it's like a puzzle game, shapes are mm-hmm. better for me than colors because. And lots of colors blend. Red looks like bl- uh, red looks like brown. Blue and purple look the same. Green and brown. It's like a similar shade. Just right. they all look the same to me. One thing, you know, I was talking to my friend. I never enjoyed. This is something that from the past. I never enjoyed the the 3D Zeldas or my watch. My friends would watch. I'd watch my friends play. A lot of games actually on Nintendo 64. I didn't enjoy because everything would blend together. Specifically in like the, the what is it? Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. In Zelda, the ground and the walls look the same to me because it's just a muddy brown. Oh, and wow. all, I couldn't tell the depth, really. I couldn't really see where a wall would start and the, the floor would end. Like, I couldn't see the corner because it was all just a brown mess in, to my eyes. So I, the, seeing the... I tend to go from Sega to GameCube or, like, skipping right. Saturn in 64 and PlayStation because everything was just kind of muddy 
for me. And I need to, I need good or really old graphics to enjoy it, to see what I'm supposed to look at, you know? Um, that's, that's interesting. That's fascinating. I never never thought about that from a palette and detail perspective from that generation. But now with like emulators and up HD up res is it's, I can now play these older games because I can see the distinction between the person in the ground they're standing on. Oh, that's right. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Well, you know, the Neo Geo had a ton of games and is perhaps mostly known for its fighting games. Heather, Nathan, you guys are both fighting games enthusiasts. Uh, any favorites from the Neo Geo? From the Neo Geo? Man, again, this was like, this was like a, a, a mirage you saw from this, across the street. Like, I saw Samurai <laughs> Showdown once in, like, I think a Pizza Hut. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then had to leave. Like... I don't oh, I wow. have, I I've played Metal Slug and I think that's it on the Neo Geo. I'm surprised cuz the arcades in my area growing up had like there you would there would be like one or two Neo Geo cabinets at them. So like I came across them a good amount and you know yeah I was I I you know I played like the the king the kings of fighter king of fighters of the worlds uh, a few a number of times. The arcade that I grew up closest to in Chicago was a Capcom and Midway testing ground arcade. Wow. So it was dominated by those machines and alphas and betas of those games, which will come into play in today's game coverage. Um, but I would I would see, like, I think we had the first Super Street Fighter arcade cabinet in the United States That's at amazing. this arcade. But... They did not have a, a Neo Geo representation, hardly of any kind. Yeah, it wasn't out there that much. I saw them often at a Pizza Hut or a laundromat type place. Uh, and I, so I wasn't really playing them when I was younger, but it was when I was out here in L.A. that I started playing them in like 2009. And my personal favorite, I do love Samurai Showdown. That's an amazing game because, you know, having the swords was really cool and different. But Garou, Mark of the Wolves, is my mm. probably number one fighting game of all time. Wow, and that's on the that's on the OGO. That's I think, and I think that's a it's like a culmination of like a games. If I'm remembering correctly, I think it's like a, a, a fight. Is it a Fatal Fury game or is it final? I don't remember. It's a it's a it's a final game to like another the other series. It's been a while since I've like really like kept up on it, right? But. Because they concurrently they had like Art of Fighting, King of Fighters, and what was the other one? Fatal Fury. I think. Fatal Fury. I think, yeah, they 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 were all kind of. Yeah, right I think it's a Fatal Fury game technically because Terry Bogard is in it, and he's okay. from Fatal Fury. I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> so everyone, yeah, everyone that listens to your podcast will be like, "Oh my god, he's so wrong." And I'm, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to deal with that. But I forget every, off, you, everything. So you don't, don't have to don't. worry. Nobody's listening. And, and <laughs> On the fighting game note, we should get into this week's game. Heather? This week's game, imagine the year is 1992. Games like Super Mario Kart, Contra 3, The Alien Wars, Wolfenstein 3D, and Final Fantasy V, if you're in Japan, are on the shelves. And you walk into an arcade and you see Johnny Cage and Raiden playing in Mortal Kombat, developed and published by Midway, for the arcade and acclaim entertainment for home systems. This is a, a game 
with caused so much controversy. It featured uh, lifelike uh, digitized graphics of actual human beings doing extreme violence to one another. And it was released in arcades, Amiga, Game Boy, MS-DOS, Sega CD, Game Gear, Genesis, Master System, Super NES. It was also released as a pack-in on certain televisions and as an LCD game. Mortal Kombat rolled in and changed the fucking world. It also had a good song. And and yeah, I I know, okay, that song was from the movie. From the movie, but yeah. But they were synonymous. Because, like, Mortal Kombat was like playing a movie. Yes, and it is, you know, uh, I mean, revisiting it, I will say it looks better. Th- I expected it to, like, okay, this is this looks like shit. This is going to look like shit. And then I was, I was uh, you know, I do kind of, I don't love the aesthetic. I don't love the digitized, um, you know, real people and uh, yeah, as fighters. I'd much rather have some, like, some animated sprites. But I still, but I, it, it's not like it's still it kind of works. It like kind of like it looks so distinct and and of its time. And I also think that there's also the level of seeing this in like back in 1992. It felt like something that could not be done. It was like because there was game, there was like Pit Fighter before this that used a similar technique and looked yeah. like complete shit. But this one actually like animates pretty well. It, it plays pretty decently. Um and uh, and then the the hyper violence obviously was just like such a huge like you go know, like I remember when there was a skating rink skate depot that had Mortal Kombat and just walking into there uh, Matt is nodding and seeing like just like fatalities being executed was just so jarring uh, as a as a eleven or twelve year old boy. I have the craziest anecdote about Mortal Kombat because I grew up in Chicago and the designers Ed Boon and John Tobias are from Chicago. And one day in the early 90s, when I'm in elementary school, uh, they brought the the school brought people from like, here's a bunch of different jobs that you might be able to do someday. Don't you want to learn about what jobs are? And they brought in a bunch of like like a construction worker or they brought in like a police officer and they brought in two guys who were making a video game. And those fucking two dudes were the guys who were the Mortal Kombat designers. And they showed us drawings of a game that they were going to make. And I don't have enough cognizance to know if it was Mortal Kombat, but I'm almost positive that it was Mortal Kombat. Because what other Chicago developers are there? What other dudes were working on a fighting game at that time? Like, it's... Of the memories I have from a childhood, it is among the most insane because it's like, that couldn't have fucking happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, it couldn't have. But I think it That's did. Incredible. And, and as I said, the arcade that was in our neighborhood, uh, well, not quite in our neighborhood, was a little bit of a drive, was the place where they would test Midway games. So you would drive to this arcade and get dropped off by your parents and there'd be Mortal Kombat. And it was before it was anywhere else in the fucking world. Or when wow. they, when Mortal Kombat 2 came out, people talked about it at school. And then you would drive and see, like, it was like a crowd, the kind of crowd that would be around a basketball player who had been, like, in a restaurant. Like, it was such a thick crowd of people, like, looking over each other's shoulders for Mortal Kombat 2. That's what it was like to grow up in Chicago. You... You guys talk about Mortal Kombat now. I did, I did some talking. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you Nathan, get to see it before anyone, technically. 
Yeah, like that's you saw wild. The game before it was the game. That's amazing. Uh, Nathan, do you mess around with the Mortal Kombat growing up? Any thoughts? I did, uh, just like anyone else, I guess. And I saw the news stories and stuff. And I don't mm-hmm. remember if I if I wasn't allowed to get it. Cause like I remember watching it in the living room. My mom and dad like saw it. I don't know how concerned they were for it. I feel like they probably would have been concerned because they actually used to listen to my CDs before I would could listen to them. Because it was Whoa. like they got into there was this one couple of years where they were like really trying to like censor because I think they were hearing stuff on the news about like. You know, like TLC was singing about sex and stuff. And I mm-hmm. think there was a couple years during high school where they didn't want us being influenced by stuff. And it didn't last very long. And I think Mortal Kombat was around then. So there's a good chance I wasn't allowed to play it. But I remember the first time I saw it, and I think my co- my first game that I, the first copy was the Game Boy one that I think I bought myself at Funkoland in Franklin, Massachusetts. But I remember the first experience with it was my friend bought, my friend Josh got it. And Bob and Josh, two of my friends, and we we're all going to go play it. And then they we were going into Josh's house and they closed the door on me and like the couple, me and my brother, Seth and my other friends, and they locked the door and wouldn't let us in so they could go play it alone. So wow. they had like a two story house. And if we stood on their handrail of their steps, you could just see in the bedroom. <laughs> and we we're, it was like all, we we're all standing on the railing, holding like the windowsill, trying to watch them play. I remember this as clear as day. And they kept, they were kept saying, yeah, let us in, let us in. And they wouldn't let us in. We thought eventually they just like let us in. We could all play it. They never, ever let us in. And eventually they closed the curtain on us so we couldn't even watch them play Oh, anymore. my God. So that, that was like, that was day one when the game just came out after school. They went and got it. And then we were all going to go play it. And I never got to play it. But then eventually I played it. And I had, you know, I did the blood code and all that stuff. And I remembered liking, and everyone in school was always talking about how the Sega one was better because Super Nintendo didn't have the blood code. Yes. And Sega did have blood. So... I had like a, a typical experience with it. I think like most kids did at the time. And I, I loved it. I thought it was awesome when I played it because it was real. I never was able to beat it. I wasn't very good at it, but I saw some friends get to Goro and I don't remember if they ever beat him or not, but I remember getting them getting to the end and thinking it was cool to see this guy right. with four, four arms. It was very original for the time, for sure. But it did always feel clunky. It never felt right because the way their bodies, like when Raiden would do his superpower and then he'd land, it just like, Stands up real quick. It's not like fluid, so it was a little no, not at j- all janky from the beginning. No, they're just popping between animations a lot of the times. Like there's no like it's you know and and so it, it's a trade off because it does make it feel more responsive. But like if yeah. you execute like Liu Kang's like flying kick, uh, he just like pops right into that. He's just like he one frame he's standing in his idle animation, the next frame he's uh, you know up in midair with his leg out. So yeah, it's yeah. but but I do kind of like. People talk about how how violent it is and and the aesthetic and and I like yeah I mean that's obviously the thing that that carries over but also there were a few things that were departures from Street Fighter and the other games of the other fighting games era like one the block button which play, like playing this again and I don't know I haven't played the more, the modern Mortal Kombat so I don't know if that's a thing they've retained I assume it is uh, but playing that again I was like oh yeah that's right you you hold a button to block you don't hold uh, yeah instead a back. of down and back or something yeah which was way, yeah. Uh, way more in, I think natural and you know organic I guess is to hit down and back but right a block button is awkward I, I was bad at it my brother Seth was way better at it than I was he could actually do all the fatalities and stuff and I would just watch him play. I could never do anything. I couldn't do fatalities. I couldn't block. It was just too awkward. I'm not very good at video games at all. I just really like them, but it, I've never been good at Mortal Kombat. It is different. It's a totally different kind of game. It's, yes. It is not. Yeah, it's 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 not. It doesn't. I mean, 
there are Mortal Kombat purists and the new games are totally different, but Mortal Kombat doesn't feel good. Like it doesn't like it's not there's there's a there's almost feels like there's a few frame delay between like you press block and he blocks like with Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. It felt like an instant like instant. You do a thing and they're doing the thing. Whereas Mortal Kombat felt like there was like some like strange delay in your action versus what was happening. And that also felt like it carried through even to the fatalities where you'd like do a fatality and then it would be like, da da dum, And then the fa fatality would happen. Yes. Like there yeah. was always like a weird lag. Um, my favorite You're not thing controlling about the fatality. You're, you're doing an, you're inputting like basically a code to watch yeah. a fatality animation play. Yeah. You're yeah. like gift. You're controlling gifts really. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gift simulator or whatever you want. Basically. My favorite thing about the Mortal Kombat series is the sound, uh, which, okay, so when you fight the final boss, he's got fireballs. The fireballs are heads and the heads are screaming. Like it's one <laughs> of the best, like it's not like, I don't can, and then there's like a little fireball that just flies across the screen. He throws a fireball and each fireball is going, ah! Like it, <laughs> I feel like when they're making that game, it's like a situation you're on, you're joking around your friends, like, I'm going to make a real cool game. And like, uh, it's going to be like middle fingers and they're going to be on fire and they're going to be screaming. And then the middle fingers are going to have middle fingers. It seems like one of those jokes you keep pushing and then they, right. they did it. It's like, yeah, I can shoot fireballs, but they're going to be heads. Oh, and they're going to be <laughs> screaming. Kids are going to love it. Also, everybody in the game is screaming. Like Liu Kang... <laughs> When he's like doing his bicycle kick, he's like, oh, 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 oh. like, like yeah. every everybody is screaming and everybody when they die also screams, even yes. if they're a skeleton that drops to the ground. Like the screams in Mortal Kombat are hilarious. They're really yeah, funny. Yeah. But um, but I don't but I do feel like it's played like it, it it was it's maybe unintentionally hilarious like I feel like they leaned into it with with once they started adding like babalities and friendships and and mm -hmm. and toasty mm -hmm. once they started the doing toasty. that in subsequent entries it got like a, like they kind of embraced the silliness but this one feels like it's playing it pretty straight like I, I, I don't it know was if meant that's to be intense yeah I think, yeah, I think it was meant to go for intense yeah it was like it's but it's look. There, there's a difference themselves. between yeah. There's a yeah. there's a difference between somebody being like, oh God, please no. Like like there's yeah, an yeah, intensity, yeah. but like every, like you you fall down. Like if you get like sweep kicked or whatever, people are like, oh. <laughs> 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 My shins. It's more real. I guess. Yeah. Well, sort of not. It's realistic, but not because yeah. you never heard screams from an impact in a fighting game. Right. But at the same time, there's too many screams. So it's almost, <laughs> yes. Like, wait a second. <laughs> the, I remember the pit was like the thing everyone was talking about. It's like, you got to yeah. knock him on the pit. And like, oh my God, I'm on the pit level. You, I got so pumped when yeah. I hit the pit level. And I just wanted to knock him down. And it was a complete waste if you didn't do it right. Because you didn't get to see the spikes at the bottom of the pit. Uh, the pit level pit stage uh, is awesome. And it honestly, that's like like it, some of the stages are kind of boring and bland. It's just like a generic dungeon or something or just some statues in the background. But the pit stage is like iconic for a reason. 
And it like that is so satisfying when you uppercut your defeated opponent off of the pit stage and they fall for what seems like forever. Like it's like they're being knocked off a skyscraper and then they land and are impaled by spikes next to a bunch of like dismembered like limbs and like severed heads. Yeah. It's so fucking satisfying. And that was so fucking cool at the time. And also. If you can't like properly, you don't know all the fatalities. Like you don't know how to execute Kano's fatality. Mm -hmm. This is a stage where you have a freebie fatality. All you have to know, know how to do is uppercut, and that's just duck and high and hard punch or high yep. punch. Yep. That's yep. why I loved that because I could at least do something cool because I could never pull off the fatalities. So that was very satisfying for sure to at least have something crazy happen. But yes. every time I always end up just like punching them in the face because I didn't do it right. I just could never. I'm bad at video games. I don't know why. <laughs> I just, I'm not good at them at all. Well, well, Mortal Kombat came out before, like, there was internet everywhere. So, like, even mm. knowing uh, a, a fatality was like a game of recess telephone. Like, somebody yes. would tell you, write this down. And you would write it down and you would bring it to the arcade to do it, or at least I would. And you wouldn't know if what you had was real and then mm -hmm. also the timing on it. And then like some older person at the arcade would be like, no, that's down. You got to press down. And then you'd do it. I, I never, never pulled off a fatality in the arcade. Not once. Even on the random chance that I would actually win like mm -hmm. a two round fight. Never. Games were harder back then. Um, I got pretty good at it. Yeah. You what? I, I I got pretty good at it. I was like I was a, I could do most of the fatalities on because I I played the arcade cabinet a good amount and there was a but I do remember the phenomenon you were talking about. So I had learned how to do Scorpion's fatality: hold block up up uh, and stand uh, like a middle distance away from your opponent uh, when they're staggered and and so but I went to this. There's this donut shop, Martha's Donuts, uh, that had um uh uh uh. Batman would say, why did you say that name? Anyway. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. <laughs> anyway, um, so I so Martha's Donuts. So that's had... what I was supposed to do earlier. That's <laughs> that's like the goal. OK, I'll try harder next time. I'll get it. I'll get it. You'll get there. There's a <laughs> so they had a Mortal Kombat and then like a chipped Street Fighter 2 cabinet, like one of those ones that had like it had been hacked. So like, you know, every character could do like a fireball. It was like it was basically unplayable. It was completely unbalanced. Uh, but the Mortal Kombat was was legit. And I remember playing like trying to do Scorpion's fatality against the AI. And this this older kid who was watching me was just like too far. <laughs> I, was like, oh, I was standing too far away. And then the next time I got it. Um, but yeah, it was it was completely it, you're right. Heather was a completely different age. I, I, the other the other thing mechanically is like so, you know, you had the you had uh, like in the Street Fighter games and a lot of fighting games, you've got like, you know, rolling motions like down, down, uh, down, right or down, down, forward, forward uh, to, you know, execute a fireball or whatever, or like charging, holding in one direction, then releasing here you would like you'd have taps for the most part, like you're, you're tapping a direction like like it's like forward forward kick is like a is like a special move, which maybe also speaks to how just how it kind of feels, Heather, like I like I, it like playing through it again. And I was playing it on MAME. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, this is kind of awkward to do some of the like it doesn't feel like I'm playing a fighting game, really, because it's just so it's such a break with conventions. It's harder yeah. with a joystick than a D pad, too, I feel right yeah. I yeah, I 
I don't know. I don't know. Like I've, I've always tried to articulate this thing about fighting games that I can't figure out how to say, which is that I feel like street fighter movements are the thing that you would think to do with your body in order to Mm. do the movements. So like, a fireball feels like you are gathering something from below you and then pushing it out in front of you mm-hmm. while, while punching, right? And and that's the motion you do with the joystick. If you grab somebody as Zangief, if I was Zangief, I would want to spin him around in the air. So, like, your joystick motion is like a 360 right. and a grab. With Mortal Kombat, it doesn't always feel like the action you are doing with the joystick is how you would imagine doing the move. It's like I think Nick said earlier, it's more like entering a code. Yeah. Instead of instead of your 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 hands are mimicking the fighter in Street Fighter, but in Mortal yeah. Kombat, you're programming the game to play something. Yeah. 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 That's a great I mean, we'd cracked it, guys. <laughs> now Who? we'll make the greatest game ever <laughs> or the worst game ever when i uh when i when i was just playing this again and sort of like oh man mortal Kombat, i uh i played through a scorpion uh and i wanted to read his ending because i did not remember first off I was on a different podcast that that is about Mortal Kombat and they're going through all of the Mortal Kombat characters one by one called Mortal Podcast. And I learned Fuck, shit in that idea. in that it's a great <laughs> fucking podcast. Uh in I don't even remember what character we were talking about, but all of the characters in Mortal Kombat have continuous canonical backstory. Like it hasn't been broken. So like Mortal Kombat 1 has a canonical winner, which is Liu Kang. And the story of the first game is, like, it's refer- It's all one big fucking, like, there's ninja clans and they're backstabbing each other. And, they, like, this, this character is actually the brother of this other character. And anyway, I did not remember Scorpion's backstory, so I wanted to read his ending to you guys, uh, which is... Marked for death years ago by the Lin... Lin Kuei? Who knows? Scorpion was murdered by Sub-Zero. So the guy you've been playing has been murdered. (laughs) 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 Then it goes on to say, he left behind a wife and child. And you're like, wait, Scorpion did? In his former life, but was allowed to return and avenge his death. Then the next image is... A picture of Scorpion, like, crying into his fists with a skull behind him. And it says, even with Scorpion's triumph in the tournament and new title as grand champion, the price he paid was high. He can never again know his family and must exist forever with his secret curse. Uh, And I was like, that's like the, like, imagine being like, Scorpion's my dude. The first thing you find out is that he's already been murdered. (laughs) Then he's a family man. And also he can't see them ever again. It's like, (laughs) is it like, it's like Robocop's story, right? That's Robocop's story. All all he wants to do is to see his family again and be like, hey, get over here. Yeah, but he can't. <laughs> That's really nice. That's he's really like, he's, he's like, like Ken that. in a way. That's, like Ken, Ken in, in Street Fighter is a family man, isn't he? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, well, he's told to go home and be a family man at some point. That's right. By Guile. By Guile. Go home and be a family man. I thought Sub-Zero and Scorpion were brothers, or maybe I just thought that because they had the similar outfits. They have they're... some relation. I don't know what exactly it is. I, then Reptile I, was also. Yeah, like, Reptile's a green one. 
And yeah. Air Mac. Do you guys remember Air Mac? Air Mac Noob Saibot. Well, he was a he was yeah he was the robot version of them or something like that, right? Yeah. What a I mean, it's so. I mean, if you if you're listening at home and you're like, this sounds interesting. Why not just go on the Mortal Kombat wiki and spend the rest of your life reading about Mortal <laughs> God, I love dense lore, especially if it's stupid. And that's like 100 percent what this is. But it also rules. I, I will say that the you know, the there are like Heather. Yeah, you mentioned there's these uh, these very memorable. Um, there's there, there's good sound design. There's some memorable voice acting. Uh, I also just kind of like the characters overall. Like Johnny Cage is like like they're they're all very broad, but I think they're kind of cool. And I think like like Sub Zero being the ice guy, like that was novel. That was something new. Like yeah, you, yeah. you freeze somebody and they freeze that frame of animation, and then you can go attack them while they're disabled. Like that's really fun and that's really cool. And then also like his fatality, where you pull a guy's head off and their spinal cord is dangling down uh, f- from their severed head. Like, that was like, I'd never seen that before in anything. <laughs> that was the number one fatality. Yeah. That was the best one for sure. I think yeah, this so is awesome. a, a, a really good opportunity to play a clip from the Senate hearings that happened when this, when this game came out. Because <laughs> you look at it now and, like, in God of War, you, like, you rip, like, a woman's... T- tits off and like kick her in the face like she i mean not really but like basically you do <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. you you it's horrifying what you do in that game right. and nobody's like god of war is the most violent game of all time like we have gone so far beyond these like really tame i mean they're tame the fatalities oh, yeah. are kind of like thin and easy and yet it caused a moral panic in the United States that went all the way into the government. And this is a clip from it. The focus was on video games. Under pressure from an angry Congress and angrier parents, game makers offered a new rating system. The timing of the peace offering was no accident. Just an hour later, the Senate began hearings on new legislation to prevent violent games from reaching kids. It is a sick, disgusting video game in my judgment. Shame on people that produce that trash. It's child abuse in my judgment. <laughs> so, so I don't know if, it, if that was if that was whose voice we were hearing in that clip or not. But one of the like the like probably like the biggest advocate of this uh, it, from from the congressional side was Senator Joe Lieberman, uh, later Al Gore's running mate. Who it's just like such a your priorities are all wrong because he was so mad about violence in video games. And then he goes on to support the Iraq war like hardcore, like like what? Like even after it like was clearly a debacle and a mistake was still like justified, probably still justify it to his grave. And and I don't know that I like I when people are like checked out of politics that they're that they're frustrated uh, by what by you know what Congress like I I kind of get it with an example like him of just like what the fuck are you fuck are you doing like who give let kids play the fucking video games and don't like fucking get us into the useless wars of opportunities you fucking turd man. <laughs> um, but- <laughs> Go off, King. It, but it, it is amazing. Yes, this and, and another game we covered, Heather, a night trap. This this subject also came up because it was like the two of them together as like a twosome was like, look at these two pillars of sin that America's yeah. youth are being poisoned by. You guys talked about that in another episode about night trap. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Did you play the remake that that came out with uh, from that? I forget the company's name that's re-releasing all these old games. Did you end up playing the new version of that? 
Yes. Yeah, that's the version I played where they, they took all okay. the original footage and then just basically rebuilt the game from scratch, right? Yeah, yeah. I played yeah. that when that came out again. Uh, and that's when I officially, we officially beat it that couple of years ago. That game is awesome. I love it. It's kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of rad. I love it. If you guys haven't played it, I really suggest playing uh, Double Switch with Corey Haim. Uh, I think it was Corey Haim in that game. And Blondie was in it, Debbie Harry. And, you know, I actually went to a commercial audition at 200 South with one <laughs> of the main bad guys in that game. He's this bald kind of big guy. Wow. And I asked him if I could take his picture because I, like, I knew him from my youth. I played him on Sega Saturn all the time. And I was sitting here in an audition with this guy as like a criminal for some commercial. And I was like, I got to get this guy's picture. And he's like, <laughs> what? He goes, I can't believe you even know that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, I wish I knew the guy's name. He was like a big, he was like a big bald guy, a big like brute kind of guy. Um, I just love Night Trap and double switch so much that's like my my teenage years to a t uh that's fucking awesome. well it's so. it's like i mean those games are like full motion video where the entire screen is is full motion video and this is like getting to play small segments of full motion video like they it's it's some mortal Kombat is somewhere in between night trap and dragon's lair and pitfall yeah, yeah. like right. if you were to like loop all if you make a v venn diagram mortal Kombat sits in the middle of all of those things another game mm -hmm. at the time that did like a sort of was a, a sort of like controlling digitized human beings was that sega released a three-dimensional cabinet uh and uh called the hollow the hollow sphere the hollow deck the hollow i don't know it was the game itself took place on like a recessed table inside of a arcade cabinet. And then it was projected in such a way that it looked like the characters were standing on the table and we're in oh, like, the Oh, I remember this. Of Tron discs of Tron is like that too. Do you know that yeah. that's like a super rare cabinet that I think they have that a similar thing where it looks like the characters are standing on a physical piece inside the screen or something. Abadaga, I, I see you. I see you Googling. Yes. Do you, what, what is the name of that? It, Time something is the name. It was of called the Time Traveler, wasn't it? And time it was. Oh, it was. You know they have that at Button Mash. Um, oh, oh, really? They do. Okay. Yeah, and the, yeah, it has the it has foam triangles and a foam circle. Yeah. There's actual. Yeah. There's actual physical items like toys in a way sitting yeah. on the table. Yes, that game is awesome and super hard. Yeah, hologram <laughs> time traveler. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, that was we we discussed that on the podcast before, in, in some context, maybe when we were talking about Dragon Lair, Dragon's Lair, it came up. But yeah, like like Dragon's Lair, it's like not really. It, it's you know you're just doing an input to have a, a the right animation play. But it it did look like a magic trick. It was like kind of amazing when you when you see it in person. Yeah. I think I only saw that at the. You mentioned Button Mash, which is like a a local barcade for people not not in was. LA. Was was no. wait? Did is it closed? closed? Yeah, button mash closed, guys. The, oh, it was a COVID, was hoping. COVID catastrophe. What a bummer. I literally bummer. would have just, I mean, like, in or in, if that place had been open, like, been able to survive this, and all they were like is like, hey, Heather, can you come down and just, like, we'll, we'll make a shoot, and you can put quarters into a machine from outside of the place, and then you can use, like, gloves through plexiglass, and like play, <laughs> but I, I mean, I like it. I used to go like that button mash was the arcade I would go to when I was depressed here in L.A. Like I was like yeah. at the very wow. minimum, I can go down to button mash 
and play some games. And they did not survive COVID, and it is devastating. That's a bummer. I love yeah. what a bummer. There. This is actually a Mortal Kombat story that take, took place at Button Mash. Uh, and it, the Mortal Kombat cabinet was right next to the Time Traveler cabinet at the time when I was in there. But do you remember a couple of years ago when everyone found out about the code that the developer made for Mortal Kombat that no one had ever found out about until like 2018 or 17 or whatever? There was no, some yeah, code. What was that? It was a, it's an incredibly long code that people just recently discovered because the guy never told anyone. If you go to an arcade cabinet, the uh, uh, Mortal Kombat arcade, and you enter like some super, super long specific code at the right point of the startup screen, it brings you, it, it gives you infinite free players until you like open the cabinet and do something. I forget. I'm not giving the right oh, details, wow. but something along those lines. And someone did it at Button Mash, and me and my brother would play Mortal Kombat for free every time we went because like. Button mash never reset it, and they didn't know how. But it's, <laughs> it's it's like super long. Like it's back, back, forward, forward, forward. C, 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 A, B. It's like it takes like um, five minutes or something. Oh, but man. someone did it, and we're like, That's "Oh my incredible. god, someone did the code!" And I remember everyone talking about it a couple <laughs> wow. of years ago. So yeah, that was one of my great memories from Button Mash. Sounds awesome. Um, but you know, we should get to. I mean, it's a, it's a that really bums me out that that place closed. It would be a fun. Would be a fun hang, uh, but hopefully something comes out in its place. But right now it's time. That was an awful transition. Yeah, uh, you're like <laughs> just fucking. Well, I'm sorry about that funeral, but hey, guys. Speaking of untimely deaths, uh, <laughs> we should get to our final thoughts on Mortal Kombat. It's time that's for our review good. crew. That's pretty good. I, I'll give it to you. Review. 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 review crew. Like that's like finish him. <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, we'll say something positive about uh, Mortal Kombat and give it a numerical uh decibel score you know uh, uh, there was just a detail that i had forgotten or never knew and learned for the first time while i was playing through this and it's from the um it's just like from some of the lore you get which is that goro who has four arms is half human half dragon he does mm. does not seem dragon at all but i love that he's i just like again we just talk about how dumb the lore is like i love shit like that i love knowing that goro is half dragon and i also think he's a cool boss so goro will be my positive thing i i think mortal Kombat is decently fun to play if i stumbled upon a cabinet at a barcade i would definitely mess around with it and it's it's fun to execute those fatalities when you pull them off um and it certainly you know it was innovative and added something to the genre so i'm gonna say I give this a, a, a nice solid 8.0. Uh, nice. Heather, what do you think? Well, I'm going to say this the music in Mortal Kombat is not the like incredible music from Street Fighter 2 that it, it was like genre defining and incredible, but it's again whether intent I feel like everything was a little intentionally funny. Maybe not the music as much, but certainly all the screaming. Uh, Apodaca, I just sent you a track. Everything in the game has this feeling of like somebody who's pretending to be serious. And the character reveal, like when you pick your character and then you 
you choose, like you go through all of the uh, people you've got to fight. This is the song that plays. It's fucking nothing great. changes. Nothing. That song is just dun 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs> It sounds and like ev- someone banging on a metal like handsaw, like, <laughs> like, like making a thunderstorm sound. It's it's more. So here's what it, it's funny because like Mortal Kombat is charming now, and it was not charming at the time. It was scary and dangerous, like a punk band. Like it was like, oh right. no, I. What if my parents see me do a fatality? I'm gonna get grounded. And now you're like, <laughs> look at look at this, look at these guys. Look at this guy. He screams while he burns. Um, not an enjoyable <laughs> fighting experience, but really, really like charismatic. And like, I'm really proud of them for continuing the lore for all yes. of these games. I think that like, I'm not certain, but I think like in the games where like the Joker showed up in like later games that that is canonical. Like, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to give. I'm going to give Mortal Kombat a 9.2 for the year it came out. 1992. 9.2. It's Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, all right, Matt. <laughs> that, that made me think when you were playing that track, that made me think of the bonus stages. And, you know, the first one is like you you chop through a bunch of uh, of wood blocks. But the second one, because it's just it's so heightened, is that you chop through an anvil. <laughs> uh, all right, Matt, something positive and your score. Well, that's actually that's really funny just because like just to think about that a little bit uh, for a second longer they're like what's more badass than chopping through an anvil not realizing probably that that's stupid like that's like really <laughs> stupid <laughs> that's so funny it's uh, yeah it's great um but uh, my positive thing is that like i mean i didn't grow up playing uh, mortal kombat i was certainly too young when uh, when this came out mm-hmm. um and I was the the children that these senators were trying to protect, <laughs> uh, and so I didn't I didn't have this I didn't have the reverence, but I I would play it at arcade cabinets. And my positive thing is that Mortal Kombat for some reason is like one of two video games that my girlfriend loves. Like it, so wow. like she has no interest in playing any other video games at an arcade, but she stops conversations if Mortal Kombat is free or Burger Time. Those are the two games that she likes. <laughs> and like, Such different games. I, Very no, different. I, it's so crazy. And like I got her like a like a miniature Burger Time that like plays the full game on it. And I have Mortal Kombat I think 10 and we were playing it here during quarantine and there's a fatality where I think Jax gets his balls crushed and she was like I kind of just want to play the other one <laughs> like the, <laughs> the original <laughs> um but i mean it, it you know like we said it 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 plays pretty well it's like you know it's a little clunky a little janky but like there's a reason it's a classic and it it's you know it's i i it obviously rules i'll give it i'm going to give it a 9 for, wow. for just being for being great very good score uh, Nathan, something positive, your score for the original Mortal Kombat. 
well, I was gonna say, I, I can't. I was th- remember, I for- totally forgot when I was coming on this podcast. I was like, oh, I have one good Mortal Kombat story. I should tell that. It's like mm. the only time I'd have to tell it, and I didn't tell it. So <laughs> I guess I could use it as my po- positive thing because it was a positive. Yes, thing. please. Uh, I go to this video game convention called Free Play Florida in Orlando, Florida every year as Keith and I, you know, just play games and do his songs and stuff. And last the last time I went, 2019, Daniel Piscina was there who played Sub-Zero and Reptile and Scorpion and Johnny Cage. And I got to do a Mortal Kombat in real life show with him where wow. like, he would wow. display the moves and I, I can't remember what happened. There's actually a video about it, but it was like me basically just hurt getting hurt on stage. <laughs> it was just, you know, pratfalls and silly stuff as Keith. Um, and that was probably my most positive experience w- involved with Mortal Kombat uh, because I stunk at the game and I could never get very far and my friends didn't let me play it. So, uh, but I do have nostalgia for it and for the fact that like it changed everything and it was so, you know, defining for the time. Uh, so I do have good memories just from that decade, I guess. So I'll give it, I'll give it a, I was going to give it a five originally, mm. but then I remembered I met Sub-Zero. So, uh, <laughs> I'll give it a seven and a half. Wow. Good score. Yeah. Good scores all around for Mortal Kombat. It seems like we liked it, Heather, but maybe we're wrong. Maybe we were wrong. reviews from all over the internet and they present a contrary opinion to the ones we've just formed. So if we said something was good, these say they were bad. And if we said it was bad, these say it was good. It's not a segment where you can say that we read negative reviews every time because sometimes we're negative about the game and these reviews are positive. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got a review that is one star from Amazon. And I'm going to read this one star review. Mortal Kombat is probably the most 3D game you'll ever play. Who needs junk games like Call of Duty, Battlefield, and Red Dead Redemption when you could play this killer game? This game features awesome characters like Sonya and Goro. Make sure you have a high-def TV for this and a good HDMI cable. Otherwise, you won't get the full 3D effect. Too bad this game isn't played online on Xbox Live. Avoid crappy games like Xbox 360, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Red Dead Redemption, and Grand Theft Auto. This is a one-star review. It sounds like the person really likes the game. Like, it sounds like a positive review. But that's... What would they say about a five-star game? Yeah, but also the headline for it is $107.99 for this is a bargain. Screw Xbox 360, one-star review. So I can't tell what the take is here. And like, it, I can't, I mean, it sounds positive. Yes. But, but also they describe a completely two-dimensional game as 3D. <laughs> Maybe they couldn't see the other stars and they think, oh, if I give it a star, it's like giving a life, it's like giving a heart. They think it's Instagram. They just click the button. I, I, to me, that sounds like it's a Caltech student uh, programmed AI to write Amazon reviews. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a, I, I actually have just a, a quote from a Destructoid interview with Street Fighter producer Yoshinori Ono. And this is entitled, Mortal Kombat Represents Western Game Design. I just thought this was an interesting uh, quote here. 
Uh, this is uh, this is Ono speaking. I think it represents the difference in philosophy. I find Japanese games tend to find the process of playing the game as the activity and the result may not matter. So in Street Fighter, when you're playing, it's the moment-to-moment gameplay that should be the best. Whether you win or lose doesn't really matter. Whereas in Mortal Kombat, the fighting and playing is just a pathway to get to the result. It's the fatality you want to see and you almost want to skip the fighting bit and get to the fatality because that is the result. I think Western fighting games tend to put more weight in the result rather than the process. So it's fun when you win, but while you're playing, it doesn't have that intricate buildup when it's opponent did this, so you try this. Street Fighter is more like a game of chess. It's very quiet almost. You sit there, do the moves, and enjoy that. There's not really a lot of fireworks or explosions at the end. That makes sense. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Street Fighter is a good game. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I have a I have another review here from the Steam store uh, entitled Mortal Kombat 1 is a very bad game. It feels weird to replay. This is by Zax in 2012. It feels weird to replay these, the first game these days. I expected to have the same great experience I had in the 90s. But after playing, I feel like MK1 has huge shortcomings. Let's see. Clunky gameplay and controls. Uh, I'm skipping a bunch. Unfair, unbalanced difficulty. And unbalanced fighters. And here's what I'll highlight. Some are strong. Some are very, very weak. I started using Johnny Cage just to realize his nut punch has so small a range, it's almost useless and his other attacks are easily blockable. This sounds like somebody who came into the game and they were like, oh man, I'm going to nut punch everybody. I'm (laughs) going to do it the whole way through. And then was frustrated that the nut punch is effectively a taunt that does damage. It's like, uh, it's almost like Chun-Li's like, she says, go ma'am. And like, like, mm-hmm. ta- like kind of taps her hand a little bit in like Street Fighter Alpha. And it does like, I think chip damage. Um, this is, th- that's what the nut punch is supposed to be. It's supposed, if you can pull it off, it's a huge insult. It's not supposed to be one of his main mechanics. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, I, I, I never even thought about the balance of this game. Cause I just like, I did I, like, it was a, something I never even considered. <laughs> I was like, I, I guess are some care like, are there tier lists Are there tier rankings for, for Mortal Kombat one? There's there must be Goro at the top and then everybody else below. <laughs> <laughs> He's got four arms. <laughs> Wasn't, what, oh, I, I, you know, I always remember Goro was the last person, but it was Shang Tsung, right? Who Shang Tsung is, yeah, the, the yeah. final boss. Yeah. The, the mini bosses. Yeah. Goro, yeah. When you beat him, he becomes everybody as he's dying, and the announcer mm-hmm. says all their names, which felt really satisfying. That oh, it would be like, yeah. as he's like going, oh, no, oh, like Kano comes out of him, and the announcer goes, Kano, like, <laughs> like, like you've picked him. It was really cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's uh, it, 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 it probably, probably that sequence probably influenced by Terminator 2, which I feel like a lot of things just like ripped off the end of Terminator 2 when he turns into a bunch of different things as he's dying. Yeah, and Liu Kang gives a thumbs up as he's melting into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's time for the question block. All right, this one's from at RealJackVT on Twitter, and they write, Mortal Kombat is known for its over-the-top cinematic fatalities. If other games adopted this practice, what finishing moves do you think characters would use? Like, what does a fatality performed by Crash Bandicoot look like? Well, let's see. uh, Which Crash we talking? I mean, 
I feel like the I feel like probably a Crash Bandicoot fatality would be like he exits the screen and comes back in in his Crash Team racing cart and runs over him, <laughs> flattens him, something like that. Didn't Crash uh, spin? Wasn't his thing spinning? Mm-hmm. He had a spin, yeah, I had spin attack. Maybe he'd like jump on you and drill through you, or like oh. spin your Fuck, spin dude. your spin your skin. <laughs> you could like grab your skin and spin and like oh. unwind your skin off of himself. Imagine if that what was is- in a game. <laughs> Sonic Whoa. could do the best. I think Sonic could like cut people in half. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just run through him and turn him into bad. mist. Yeah. I feel like Sonic could just just summon all of his shitty friends to just like yeah, trample yeah. their opponent. <laughs> oh just man. Just driving crazy. That's that's a fatality. He'd spin dash on your shins and pull all the skin towards your feet. Yeah, yeah. Christ. <laughs> like really specific things that just make the player go, oh ah! like it just really hurts but doesn't kill him. Man. I that's a I I just like what you're <laughs> It's just so so gruesome to think about this actually happening. The, the, the rights that would have to be, like the contracts that would have to be signed for that to happen in practice. It's for like Sonic to be DLC in a Mortal Kombat game. It's like the Who Frame Roger Rabbit of games. It would be like Ready Player One where everybody's all in the same universe all together. Uh, and they're like, yeah, well, I guess Sonic's got to like murder somebody. How would he do it? <laughs> yeah, uh, he'd uh, flay them al- alive naturally. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah that tracks. Wow, that was a that was a oddly dark question. <laughs> or at, least, at least it took us to a dark place. Uh, hit us up with your questions, dark or otherwise, on Twitter and Instagram at GetPlayedPod. Or send us an email at GetPlayedPod at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAYED. That's 616-275-2933. Our music and engineering is by Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. And our guest has been... The great Nathan Barnett. Nathan, thank you so much for being here. What a, what a joy Thanks, to talk guys. video games yeah. with you. Uh, anything you'd like to plug at this time? Um... Uh, I've actually, yeah, just anything, just Google me or Keith Apicary. Uh, I got some new Keith video game content coming out. I actually just started a new Let's Play series just to kill some time during Corona Zone. And, uh, <laughs> Keith is playing video games. I just started playing Hotline Miami as him, uh, the other day. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. If you're, a, if you're a fan of video games and, you know, what, as far, it, it seems like that's maybe, a small fraction of our listenership, Heather. <laughs> people actually like video games. But uh, if you are, check out check out Keith Apicary. It's such a such a great character and such yeah. a fun uh, way to explore that side of video games. Yeah, I can't. I'm not supposed. To, I just did a thing with Keith that I'm not supposed to talk about, but it'll <gasps> it'll be a televised thing. So maybe <gasps> wow. Dep- depending on when this airs, I don't know when you guys are going to put this up, but maybe it'll be happening around that time. Well, wow. we'll give it a shout out on our our Twitter, and you know, like maybe. Maybe some people see, hey, if you want to know what happens, here you go. If you want to know what happens to Keith, then you should follow <laughs> him on Twitter and also us on Twitter because we'll link to, you got it. I try. Yeah. Keith will definitely be posting this and so will I. So. <laughs> Keith will be sharing it amongst the major gamers that that follow him. Great. Wow. Cool. For sure. Look for that. And also uh, look for next week's game. Matt, what is it? Next week, we're spending 70 minutes in gaming heaven. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bucket. Edge.